CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Monday's edition of To Every Man and Answer as we get together every weekday afternoon at this time doing this very thing, and that's getting together for about an hour talking about the Bible, looking at the deep things God has for us in His Word. And so we just want to remind you, if you've been reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand, give us a call. That's why we're here. You can call us right now, 88. 88- 88 Ask CSN. We've got a few lines open. You can be part of the program today. You know, with so many things going on in the world, I just want to encourage everybody, keep your eyes on Jesus, because if you don't, you're going to get sideswayed. You know, the Bible tells us that in the last days, Jesus said, when he comes, will he find faith on the earth? And I really believe that we need to stay strong and true to uh, God's word, because actually it's the only thing that's going to tell us the truth in this world today. And so if you've got a question again, 88 88 ask CSN. Joining me today, special guest, featured CSN speaker Scott Parker on the weekends from Festus, Missouri, Calvary Chapel. Hi and welcome. Hello, Mike. It's great to be with you again. Uh, missed last week because of President's Day, but it is great to be back with you here on a Monday to start off a new week and looking forward to the uh, callers and the listeners and their questions. And, uh, you know, before the program started, we talked, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, what you were doing. Uh, at a local school and answering questions. And actually, yesterday uh, at church, we did the same thing. Uh, something we've never done on a Sunday morning before. We've we've done it before on a Wednesday night, uh, but on a Sunday morning yesterday, we actually had people who had qu- Bible questions in our congregation to email them to us. And then yesterday morning, uh, in lieu of teaching like I normally do through the Bible, uh, we had everybody to open their Bibles and we answered their Bible questions by showing them the answers in the Bible. So we had a wonderful time yesterday, Mike, just a, we had a packed house, full, full church of people and uh, people really, really after the program was over uh, really came up with more questions. And uh, so anyway, I encourage them tune in to CSN every day at five o'clock our time to get their questions answered. So anyway, it's great to be with you again. Yeah, you know, and I want to tell everybody, last Monday, President's Day, we went and did a very special mm-hmm. uh, program on the truth behind the American news media and how dishonest they really are. Yeah. And so you might want to check that out. Now, this isn't isn't megaism or Trumpism. This is absolute fact. And when you watch and see how devious and how dishonest the American news media really is, and it will explain how they're pulling this off about bait and switch and and uh, creating fake dossiers when, in fact, the people that created the dossier was the real criminal. And so um, it names names. It does an excellent job. And then Ben uh, Carson, who ran for president, African-American, does an excellent job of exposing the 50-plus uh, points of communism written back in the 50s to overthrow America. And friends, they're right on schedule. They've infiltrated our Congress. They've infiltrated the seminaries. They've infiltrated our military. They've infiltrated the schools. They've infiltrated every aspect of our society. America is bad and communism is good. Well, it's the big lie. And again, 
promising you everything, delivering nothing. You know, it's really sad. This is how they got elected in Venezuela and Guatemala and some of these other Central American countries of recent. Promise free education, free college, free medical, free, 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 vote for me. It's all free, baby. And then they get in office and they take what little is left from everybody. Remember, any group of people that promise you promises you everything you'll ever want will mm-hmm. always, always take everything you have. It's just the way it works. So check that out. It is archived. It is President's Day last Monday. It's there for you. Tell your friends about it. It is something I'm sure the American news media simply wishes would go away. But we've got it there for you. Check it out. And again, um, the first part is brought to you on behalf of um, James Dobson. And the second part uh, is, uh, excuse me, the second part is James Dobson. The first part, I believe, uh, was, um, well, I'll think of it in a second. But anyway, uh, very good. And just want to encourage you all, check that out. Let's go ahead and go to the phones again. 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. Let's go to Chris, Dallas, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hey, pastors. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, so I've got a, a pretty straightforward question for you guys. It's kind of been weighing on me a little bit lately. So uh, the church that I go to, there's an associate pastor who does get up and teach um, every few Sundays. And um, I recently found out that he does also play in a band that's kind of like, you know, outside of church, a little side gig thing, but frequents uh gigs at like bars. And so I just kind of wanted to get your, your take on that. You know, I'll tell you, this is a, a, a very, you got to be very careful on this. I remember when, um, BJ Thomas raindrops keep falling on my head guy, uh, became a Christian and the Christian world Really, you know, I, I, I think he did a concert and sang a couple of his old songs. Um, uh, and, and the Christian community went wild, uh, which was so unfortunate. I, I, I really like what BJ Thomas says. He said, I'm not a Christian musician. I'm a musician that is a Christian. And, uh, he, he uh, turned out many really good Christian albums. And, uh, he went to be with the Lord a couple of years ago, but, um, we need to be careful. Now, I think we always have to realize our talents, gifts, and abilities are from God. And I think if we're using them in a contrary way, now, again, uh, I don't believe uh, B.J. Thomas, as an example, was putting on full-on worldly concerts. But even if he did, it wasn't in a bar and things like that. Uh, and using that as an opportunity to share with the lost. I, I don't think that's a necessarily a wrong thing. But if my sole purpose of going into a bar is to inter- entertain drunks, I think that's where I would personally have a problem with that. Your thoughts, Scott? Yeah, Mike, exactly. I, and, you know, as you said, this is something we do have to be careful with because we don't know the motive of the pastor. Uh, that's the thing. Um, I, you know, I would say that if the pastor uh, is a gifted musician and he can play music and be in an environment where there's not a temptation for him uh, to to get into sin, but yet he can 
somehow through what he's doing, share the gospel with people. Um, I would not dare say that um, no pastor could ever have a ministry like that. I, I wouldn't say that. Um, so I think it would just depend upon the pastor himself, as Mike said, his his gifts, his abilities. Uh, has the God has God given him a gift of evangelism? Uh, is he the type of person that he has such a strong character uh, that he can be in an environment like that and not be tempted? Or uh, share the sin? gospel in a in a in a in a situation like that too? I mean, yeah, you know. So. Yeah, ex- exactly. And so the other part of that, you know, uh, would be, of course, that, you know, as a pastor, the concerns I would have uh, in doing something like that would be, um, you know, First Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul told us as believers to abstain from the appearance of evil. And for a pastor, you know, to continually go into a bar that can give the appearance of an, of, of evil that, you know, we're we're doing more than just playing music or something. Also, I think it's important Paul told Timothy, uh, when it comes to pastors, he, he spoke of bishops, which are overseers, which today we would equate those with senior pastors. And he said that the first requirement or the first, uh, thing you're looking for in the character of a man to be a pastor is to be blameless. And blameless doesn't mean perfect, but blameless means that a person lives their life in such a way where they're very careful about the things they do, the places they go, the things they are involved in, so that no one could have a reason to point at them and accuse them of sin or accuse them of doing something sinful. Um, and that that part of a, a pastor's character is very important um, for us to be blameless. And again, it doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean we never sin, but it means that a pastor has in his mind uh, the understanding that, you know, the actions that we take and the things we do, we are leaders uh, and we lead by example. And if people in the congregation see us going to bars, uh, even if they don't understand our motive or don't understand maybe the, the ministry we have in that way, it could lead them to go to bars and then maybe lead them into a place of sin lead them into temptations. So it, really, this is a two-edged sword. Um, you know, I, and I think it would just depend on really knowing the pastor himself personally, uh, the kind of character he is, the kind of gifts God's given him, and the kind of ministry God's given him. Um, so that would kind of be the perspective I would have, Mike. Yeah, and I'd also have to say, what music is he playing? Is he playing That's things? That's a good point. Because most of the music today, or even 60s, 70s, I don't care whether it's it, whether it's rock and roll or country western. Um, uh, the lyrics are sometimes just downright evil. And if you as a Christian are singing something that is completely contrary to what the Word of God says, you know, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. I would say that that's that's that unfortunately would be very hypocritical because the Bible yes. says out of the same mouth does blessings and cursings come. I think we need to be very careful of the message that we portray. Now, if he's going in there and singing songs about the Lord or those that would cause a person to look at their life, I I think that may—and I'll tell you, Chris, I'm sitting here just thinking, if I were you, what I would do is I would go to that pastor and I would ask him. I would say, look— I have problems with this. I call to every man an answer. And I, I want to know, you know, when you go into a bar, what kind of music do you play? Are, are, are you, are you, you know, are you playing 
words in the songs are singing words in the songs that are contrary to the heart of God or what? And you never know, you know, the Lord may even be working on him, convicting him of this, and you may be the very thing that helps him make that determination to get out of it. On the other hand, if he says, no, when I go into a bar, I, I don't sing anything profane. And if I can, I'll, I'll start singing a song about the Lord or something like that. Uh, I think we have to, you know, I think you just have to talk to him and find out where his heart is at. The Bible says in, in, in Matthew 18, if you see a brother overtaken in a fault or even potentially overtaken in a fault, I would say, go to him privately and talk to him and see what he says. And he goes, oh, no, it doesn't matter what you're saying. Hey, you know, we're in a bar. You know, I sing whatever they request. I think you might have a problem. And that's where I would maybe then go to the senior pastor and discuss this. Um, because that's what the Bible says. You go to him privately, and then you go with him two or three uh, and and try to gain this brother back. Because a double-minded man, James tells us, is unstable in all of his ways. And so if if you've got somebody that on Friday night is, is, is singing, you know, it's beer 30, uh, and then on Sunday morning, praise Jesus, uh, that that would be a double standard. I think we need to be very careful. But I think a lot of it would be the, maybe the motive why he goes, the words that are sang in the songs, and uh, what's the real reason that you're going there? Is it because you don't have enough money? Or what is, what's the reason? So, Chris, I, I would just advise you, as I would think anybody would appreciate it, if you somebody sees you doing something uh, that they don't exactly understand why you're doing it, they would come and say, hey, why are you doing this? And I think that would be the best best avenue to take, Chris. Hope that helps. Right. Yeah, that definitely helps. And uh, just just for the record, I don't without giving too much away, the uh, music is actually on social media and it is definitely of a, you know, it's definitely secular music. And some of the songs are actually drinking songs. So that's kind of where my concern mm. came from. Well, I think then that's where you, you would want to go to him privately and talk to him. And if he just says, no, I'm, I'm you know. Uh, you know, I'm all into getting drunk for Jesus, you know, then then that's where I go to the senior pastor, because the senior pastor may not be aware or to what level uh, he's involved in this music that he's doing to the world. And the last thing I would want to do would, would be use any talents and abilities that God may have given me over my lifetime and use them uh for selfish gain or to promote the dark side. So, uh, Chris Thaline, send you out some books, some DVDs. I got The Atheist Delusion for you by Ray Comfort and Movie G's, a couple other things. Stay in line. We'll get those out to you, okay? Thank you. God bless you. If you need us, we're here for you. Let us know how it works out. Let's go to David, Gooding, Idaho. Hi, welcome. Hi, pastors. Um, I called last week and I was like the last so I didn't yes. uh -huh. really get a full answer. It was on Revelation six twelve through 14 about how it says the sky scrolls. And I had said, mm -hmm. I asked you guys, do you think this could be the world flipping? You guys didn't get a whole lot. But um, part of that question was on Revelation six seventeen. it talks about, um, the wrath of Jesus, 
and I didn't. And my question to you guys was: um, Is chapter six the wrath of Jesus, or does it sound like on Revelation six seventeen, like the wrath of Jesus is going to start at that point? Well, I believe the the tribulation, which is all the wrath of God, begins with the very first seal that's popped. And that goes back to the guy on the white horse going out, conquering into conquer. He has a bow with no arrows. He goes out initially to unite the world diplomatically. And those countries that are um, opposed to that, then he goes after them militarily with the fiery red horse. Then, of course, you find all the other the disease and death that follow that. Um, and so you you begin to really understand that. Now, of course, the Bible does say there's going to be massive earthquakes that I believe can cause every mountain and island to move out of its place, called tectonic plate movement. I'm not talking about an 8.0 in California. I'm talking about, you know, 36.0, where you have entire shorelines, entire Mountain ranges sublet and and places that were once um, low now are pushed up. I believe this is what's going to happen because when you really look at the very last couple of verses of Revelation six, it says they cry out to the mountains and the rocks to fall on us and hide us. Well, why aren't you going into your house to have to, to get refuge? Why are you calling to them to to go into the caves? It says. Maybe because the earthquakes are so severe globally that it's knocked down most of man's structures. And this would appear to me to be what it is. Now, do we have a polar axis flip? Possibly. The Bible doesn't say it. And I've learned um, if the Bible's silent on something, be silent on it. However, we do find in Isaiah the earth rocks and reels in the last days on its axis like a drunk man, which is very possible. And it may very well be uh, the the uh, uh, tectonic plates breaking up. So we don't really know what, what causes it, but absolutely earthquakes are part of it. And then when you mention the sky uh, receding or rolling as a, as a, as a, as a cloud, you know, it rolls up. Uh, some people attribute that the way an atomic bomb looks when it goes off. Now, here's the big question, and I don't really have an answer for this. Are these issues that we find uh, in the first four seals, um, are they completely man-caused, or are they God-caused, or a combination of both? Because we do know the guy goes out making war on the earth. And that uh, may be where God just simply lets the quasi-peace that we've experienced in, on this earth be completely taken away. So uh, the Bible clearly says there's going to be earthquakes, and I believe this could cause every mountain and island to move out of its place. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think, again— the book of Revelation is not written to scare Christians to death. It's to help those left behind, the elect and the saints, not the church. The church is in heaven. You never find the church mentioned after chapter 5 on earth, except the very last chapter, which is just a retrospect saying, and the churches say, come and things, uh, the invite. 
but you don't find the church mentioned. I think that's extremely significant because almost all the books in the New Testament, uh, in the epistles were written to a church or churches. Uh, so I think that's extremely important not to find the church on earth during the tribulation period. Saints, yes. Elect, yes. Church, no. And I think that's really, really important. Your thoughts, Scott? Yeah, exactly. And this is definitely the wrath of the Lamb, because it tells you right there uh, in verse 16 that this is the wrath of the Lamb. Um, Jesus is in charge of the tribulation period the whole time, from the very beginning till the end. Uh, he's the one who opens the seals and lets those first uh, judgments loose upon the earth. And as you continue on through the rest of the judgments, uh, such as the trumpet judgments and then the seal judgments, you'll see that it's repeated that this is the wrath of God. And so God is totally in control of the tribulation period. It is his wrath being poured out in these judgments. And it's actually Jesus is the one who's executing them because Jesus himself said in John 5 that the Father has committed all judgment to the Son. And so not only will Jesus judge every person, uh, he'll judge Christians at the, at the Bema seat judgment to give us a reward. And so Jesus is the one judging and, and pouring out these judgments throughout the tribulation. Uh, what's interesting about verse 14, um, where it says the sky receded as a scroll when it was rolled up. What's interesting is number one, that is a quote from Isaiah chapter 34 in verse four. And so what's interesting is when you look at those first five, uh, sealed judgments, they all have to do with things that originate here on earth. When you come to the sixth judgment, uh, sixth uh, seal judgment, you find out now all of a sudden things start happening in the skies, in the heavens, in the in the cosmos, and starts now to come to earth. And so that's why you see the stars falling. Um, it's interesting because the word star there is is a Greek word where we actually get our English word for asteroid. So you know, stars are humongous. Uh, our nearest star, which is the sun, um, is so much bigger than the earth. Um, I, and I forget exactly how many earths you can fit into the sun, but it's, it's thousands. I mean, the, the sun is so much bigger. So if it were actually stars falling to the earth, um, it wouldn't take but one <laughs> to, to totally decimate and destroy the earth, but it could be, uh, where it says stars falling could be asteroids. So we, we see, Things now in the heavens start to affect the earth. God allows that to happen. And when it comes to this whole idea of the, of the, um, sky being rolled up like a scroll, um, you know, Bible scholars don't actually agree on exactly what that is. It's, it's, we know it's imagery. It, it's definitely figurative imagery of, of something John is seeing, but we do know this. It's interesting because again, in verse 16, those who are dwelling on the earth, actually, as as we've already seen, they they go to the mountains and the rocks, cry for them to fall on them, and they hide. They want to hide themselves from the face of Him who sits on the throne. That's God the Father, and from the wrath of the Lamb. And what's interesting is the word "receded" there in the Greek actually means to separate or to split. So it's it's as if the sky is going to split. And so it's very interesting because when you think about that, it could be 
and this is just conjecture, but it, 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 it could it be that at this point in the tribulation, when men are shaking their fist at God and Jesus is pouring out all these judgments, that it could be that the sky is receding in that it's it splits for a moment as if God kind of shows the world who they're dealing with, <laughs> you know, because they say, hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. And then, you know, so it could be that God is actually giving these people direct revelation of himself saying, hey, it's me that you're rejecting. It's me who's doing this. So uh, it's a very interesting scripture, but we do know it goes back to Isaiah. He's. And so, again, that goes back to then. And uh, David, I hope that helps. Yeah. Um, one other thing, why wouldn't God have said, because um, it says like on verse 17, I don't have it in front of me, but it almost uh-huh. sounds like why didn't God say verse 17 at, at at the beginning of chapter 6, verse 1? It sounds like it's, I mean, people have been being martyred for thousands of years and they've been, um, catastrophes have been happening for thousands of years. Why can't these catastrophes happen before the wrath of God? Because it specifically says, I mean, can you read chapter verse six, uh, 17? Mm-hmm. It says, like, it's at that point, beware, because this is the beginning of the wrath. Well, no, I, you got to remember, it's all part of Jesus taking the earth back. That's what the scroll is that the seals are popping off of, yeah. is the title deed of the earth. Whatever it is, Jesus doesn't make a move on this earth until the scroll is opened, as far as taking it back physically, like we find when his foot touches on the Mount of Olives. So when we look at this, we have to remember that that uh, it's all wrath. You got to remember something by the fourth seal, not not down where you're talking about. One quarter of the world's population has died. That's two billion people. If it happens now, there's eight billion people roughly on Earth right now. Two billion people. Everybody goes, oh, the COVID crisis, a million people died. That is nothing, nothing compared to what's going to happen in the tribulation period in just the very first months of of, uh, the seven-year period of time. And so uh, understanding that, uh, and again, you, you're right, though. There's always been earthquakes and famines and persecution against the church. All these things have always been. But one of the things you've got to remember, those are all caused by the prince of the power of the air devil. But now we find these things, minus the persecution of the saints, these things are allowed by Jesus himself on the earth. Pretty, pretty different than all the other time combined. Hey, we're coming up on a break, everyone. We're going to be right back for more. Don't go away. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into. And that is MediShare. And maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month. And that's huge. But it's also true. People are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. 
Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. See what you can save. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. This is a sound of not just one, not just two, but three heartbeats. Heartbeats that were birthed through the ministry of preborn, who helped this mother of triplets choose life. The heartbeat of a preborn baby can be heard as early as five weeks on ultrasound. The sound of a heartbeat changes everything. I came seeking termination, but once I got here and I took an ultrasound, I was overjoyed when I found out that I was having three baby boys. Preborn is the country's largest provider of free ultrasounds for moms in crisis. Preborn pregnancy clinics share the heartbeats of those in the greatest need, preborn babies. To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. back to part two of Jeremy Man Answer here on this Monday afternoon with Scott Parker from Calvary Chapel, uh, well, Festus, Missouri, Crystal City. I always, <laughs> always like that. I don't know why. Just outside St. Louis. Anyway, um, when we went to the brink, we were talking about this issue there in Revelation uh, uh, where every mountain island moves out of its place. And could this be caused by a polar axis flip? Well, we, we know the earth is already wobbling. Could it be? Very possibly. I think there's going to be all kinds of weird stuff going on, Scott, during the yeah. tribulation period. But what is so strange is they hid themselves in the caves, the Bible says, and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us for the wrath of the Lamb has come. So, yes, we do know it's being metered out by Jesus. We do know that the devil has gone wild on this earth. And thus we have the persecution of the saints. But, um, uh, you know, the Bible clearly said there's going to be massive earthquakes uh, during this whole time. And uh, why are men hiding in caves? Well, I believe it's because the uh, structures have probably been knocked down. And uh, I don't think it's going to be just one area, San Andreas. But I believe it's going to be all over the world where when something shifts at this magnitude, it causes the the chain effect where you may have um you may have Yellowstone, the super volcano go off, which may explain why America's not mentioned in biblical prophecy. Uh don't know. We don't know. But we do know that it's going to be catastrophic. Bible saying men's heart failing them for fear. So it's going to be of something of magnitude that the world has never seen. And always remember this. The book of Revelation is written in order. So you always know what's coming next. So those that believe in Christ 
will have the evidence and the proof to die for their faith. They know exactly what will be coming next because the Bible is so explicit. These are not predictions like Notre Dame and Edward Casey where there's three clouds over a mountain and all those, that's China, America, and Russia. No, I mean, these are exact what's going to happen next. And the Bible comes right down and names Jerusalem as one of the key factors to look for when Jerusalem, Luke 21, comes under Jewish control, Jesus goes on to say, this generation that sees this will not pass away till all things are fulfilled. Friends, we are at the end. Now, um, failure to interpret the date at hand, I would just want you to know the date is there now. We have never lived in a time on our earth where you have these underdeveloped nations like North Korea, Iran, um, excuse me, Iraq, developing nuclear weapons. North Korea is the 30th poorest country on earth. Give us what you got or we'll blow you up. We're going to starve to death anyway. We've got nothing to lose. What are you going to do? See, and I believe, again, these communist countries, and this, talking about this earlier, communism never works. Socialism doesn't work. These loon Democrats and people like like um, Bernie Sanders, these people, they, they need Jesus because they're blind. When you think that every country that has tried socialism on earth has failed, the only way they can keep going is to keep taking. So Russia takes Ukraine. China wants, China wants um, uh, Taiwan. Uh, North Korea wants to take South Korea. It's the way it always works. Margaret Thatcher said, communism works till you run out of everybody else's money. Well, that's exactly what's happening. This is why your taxes are insane. This is what's wrong and what's happening to your inflation. Joe Biden's using your tax dollars, mom and dad, to pay off kids' student loans. Vote for me. Everything is free. When I saw that, I go, oh, they're just out buying votes. This is typical socialism, communism at its finest. This isn't mega talk. No, it's reality. We're $35 trillion in debt now, everyone. Every single thing that I've looked at concerning banks is this is unsustainable. It's going to end in a massive crash. They're doing it on purpose. Well, let's just bring another 10 million illegal people into our country and give them all $3,000 a month of your tax dollars. Do you know when the people in Lahaina, in, in Hawaii, their, their uh, town burnt down uh, uh, six, eight months ago because of the wind? They're not getting $3,000 a family. Uh, one Hawaiian here told me, she said, I want to go to Mexico I want to break into the United States. I want to crawl under the fence as an American citizen. I want to crawl under the fence, tell them I, I'm, I'm, I'm from somewhere else, and I'll get $3,000 a month because we have no way of generating that kind of money here. That's sad when you realize that people who break the law are treated better than American citizens. Now California, are you ready for this, everyone, wants to hire illegals for their police force. Well, what's that going to do? They have no warm fuzzies about people that live in Fresno. And whatever the government says they want, go out, seize their guns, take their money, take whatever. They'll just as soon 
suit you as anything. We are in a time now unlike any other time. And I believe this is what Jesus spoke of, perplexity among nations. And it's not just here. You've got Yemen bombing every boat that tries to go through the Suez Canal. You still have no call. Everybody, anything that President Trump said about uh, the UN is absolutely true. Cease fire, they're all screaming, cease fire. Not one call on Hamas to surrender. And they are who started the war. Why? See, it shows you how rotten the whole system is. It shows you when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is truth. You leave truth out, lies become so beautifully believable. Vote for me. Everything is free, baby. It's all yours. Just vote for me. And you know, America, whose the school system has let all the kids down, told how to think, not what to think. You know, if you're taught how to think, you can say, well, wait a minute, who's going to be paying for all this? But if you're taught what to think, we, communism is good, America is terrible, uh, uh, evolution is true, and, and, and God is bad, and all the junk that they teach our poor kids in public schools, and you wonder why we got the problems we have? Hey, listen, they've been working on this for almost the half a century to overthrow America And let me tell you, everyone, they're right on schedule. Thank God for Governor Abbott, the state of Idaho, and some of these other states that stand up and say, no, this is wrong. Because our federal government right now is insane. Our president has been declared mentally unstable to stand trial over holding top secret documents. Yet they allow him to continue to run to be president? the hypocrisy and the embarrassment of our judicial system globally because of this clown show we call justice. There's no excuse for it, friends. He was declared mentally incapable of standing trial, but he can still be the president and run for president again. Friends, we got serious problems and the rotten American news media. And I have, again, they are beyond rotten the way they report the news. Uh, um, Lindsey Graham stands up and got booed at a a Trump um, uh, victory speech. Friends, that's not news. That's advocacy journalism. And when you see news reporters and organizations report this kind of junk, you know, meanwhile, we have a person that's mentally incompetent running the country declared so by doctors. Hey, we got problems, man. And if how long can you go? $35 trillion in debt. Vote for me. Everything is free. I'll pay off your cars. I'll pay off your student loans. I'll pay off whatever it is. Just vote for me. And dumb people, okay. I don't fear the Democratic Party, everyone. I fear a populist that would vote for them. That's what I'm scared of. Your thoughts? Yeah, Mike. It's just, you know, it's out of hand because men's hearts are evil we are heading into the tribulation period yes it is yes. it is I'm very down. close up the front the bible tells us exactly what's going to happen to the world and the whole world scene and what's happening now is the preparation for what god has already told us is coming in the future it just so happens to be 
that we're that generation that gets to see at least, right, at least the preparation of this, if not uh, the actual rapture. And then after that, uh, it will all unfold. But what is coming is a global one world government with a one world leader, one world economy, one world religion. That's why on every every facet of of life that you turn to, you just see chaos and you see such ungodliness uh, is because it's all coming together. Uh, for exactly what the Lord said was going to happen during the tribulation period. And we just happen to be that generation that's seeing it. So because of that, I think what we need to do is to make sure that we are sharing the gospel with all we can while we can and making sure our hearts are right before the Lord and walking with him very closely because we're as, as a church, you know, as, as the body of Christ, we need each other. So uh, that would be my exhortation is stay close to the Lord and each other. And I think we're going to need each other more and more Yes, as this all goes along. Yes. Be about your father's business. The night is coming, Jesus said, when no one can work. Mm-hmm. Hope that answers your question for you. Again, uh, very clearly, the Bible says there are massive earthquakes. I believe this is what can cause every mountain and island to move out of its place. And certainly we have shooting stars. We have the con- we have this falling star called Wormwood that hits the earth, could crack the earth's um, tectonic plates as well. We have all kinds of issues. So again, do what you can do while well, you can do it. Let's go to Kathy Carson, City, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hi, um, I have trouble spelling, so bear with me. Um, I called a few weeks ago about my sister's grandson, and we prayed about his index finger, because he was going to lose it. And so we prayed, and it's better, except it doesn't bend at all. Um, so, so, um, and and I, I remember we prayed for him. And so where is he at right now? What What's the latest on that? Well, his fellow, his hunt bended. Okay, your thoughts, Scott. Yeah. So what she was saying is her grand, her, you know, her grandson was going to lose her lose his finger, but he yes. didn't. He didn't lose it, but he can't bend it. Is that right, Kathy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think Mike. I think she was wanting prayer for him. Uh, the, the Lord Again. Would, you know, would heal it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's pray, Kathy. Father, we just lift up mm-hmm. our grandson. We ask you, thank you that he did not lose his finger. Now we just pray that you would do that supernatural, wonderful operation, God, that you do. Give the doctors wisdom to help him be able to move his hands, move his fingers, God, just like before. And so we just trust you for this. Thank you for the love of a grandma. Uh, Lord, may you bless Kathy. Give her your wisdom. And again, thank you so much for your malevolent hand concerning this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Kathy, while prayers are with you, okay? Yes, God bless. Blessings to you, dear. Thanks so much for the call. We always love to pray for people here. Yeah. Let's go to Bill in West Virginia. Hi and welcome. Hello. How may we help? I'm looking for a book, if there is one, that just completely, exhaustively goes over pre-tribulation rapture, mid, and post with references of the Old Testament scriptures, each one trying to prove themselves. I mean, did such a thing exist? Well, I'm sure they're out there, and, and yeah, 
I I simply circumvent all that by just going to Jesus straightforward. Jesus said, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord is going to come. I don't care what verses people pull up. I don't care what how they psychedelicize the Bible. Jesus said, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord is going to come. Very clearly, Jesus says there, I can come at any moment. Any man that tells you, oh, oh, no, 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 Jesus can't come to the middle of the tribulation, or he can't come to the end, of, or he ain't even coming at all, um, is not following the teachings of Jesus Christ. And I think that's really unfortunate. You know, you don't have to have, unfortunately or fortunately, exhaustive libraries to prove a point. I always just simply go back to what Jesus said. And Jesus said, as in the days of Noah were, this is Matthew chapter 24, as in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. They were eating, drinking, marrying, given in marriage, party time. And Noah enters the ark, and a judgment comes upon the world. I believe that, again, as in the days of Noah were, is right now. It's party time. Now, when you look at the second coming of Christ, at the end of the book of Revelation, Jesus talked about it, Matthew 24, unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. In other words, maybe the tribulation would have went on a lot longer than just seven years. But when you stop to look at what the Bible says, by the time Jesus comes back to this earth, the second coming of Christ, every eye sees him. As lightning flashes from the east and goes into the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Where, concerning the rapture, it's different. Jesus said, Behold, I come as a thief. Now, very very important, looking at these two events, the second coming of Christ, if that's when the rapture would be coincidental or, or, or not at all, just looking at it that way, this is not a time of eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. Not at all. The Bible says every living thing in the sea is die, all the trees are burned up, the water on the earth is unfit to drink. Uh, almost almost uh, two-thirds or better than half the world's population is dead. Uh, this is not party time. And so I just want to work off of what Jesus said more than anything. And when Jesus said, uh, watch and be ready, you don't know what hour your Lord's going to come. Any man, organization, group of people, uh, saying, oh, no, he can't come to the middle of the tribulation, is really rebuking Christ. And I would stand back very far from any group, individual, organization that does that. Your thoughts? Yes, exactly, Mike. And, you know, I totally uh, am convinced that as you look at the Scripture, study the Scripture, uh, both Old Testament and New Testament, it speaks and very loudly and clearly that the rapture of the church will occur before the tribulation period begins. Um, there's just no way around that. When you come to the book of Revelation, you know, Revelation chapter one, you have the vision of Jesus to John chapters two and three. You have the, the seven letters to the seven churches, which represent the church age. And then in chapter four, what do you see? You see John being representative of the church. He's literally raptured. He's literally taking up to heaven as, as Jesus says to him, come up here. And all of a sudden in chapters four and five, he is in the throne room of God with the redeemed people of God from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, giving praise to the Lamb who died for us and uh, and um, secured our, our our salvation and our redemption. It's not till after that in chapter six 
that you then see the lamb, Jesus, take the scroll, which is a title deed to the earth. He starts opening the seals, and with each seal that's open comes a judgment upon the earth. And that's when the tribulation begins, as Revelation chapter 6, verse 1, with Jesus opening the first seal judgment. Um, just right there, just the way the book of Revelation itself is laid out speaks very clearly of a pre-tribulational rapture because the word church is never mentioned again throughout the whole book of Revelation after chapter 3 uh, when you see John in chapter 4 to begin chapter 4 taking up into heaven. What's also interesting is you don't even see the church again until after the tribulation period in Revelation chapter 19 when the bride of Christ comes back to the earth with Christ in the second coming. So, Bill, it's it's very clear that way. But could I ask you this? Could I ask you um, what what reason would, would do you have to understand the different views um, of the of the book of Revelation or the rapture? Um, is this something you're wanting to know yourself or is it something you're wanting to equip yourself with to talk to others? Both. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. do, you, well do you know of any books? Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I do, Mike. I, I do know a few, a few resources that are very just, you know, uh, unbiased, if you want to say that. Um, there's one book written by an author by the name of Steve Gregg. He wrote a book that's simply called The Four Views, The Four Views of Revelation. And he goes through the four main most popular views of how to interpret the book of Revelation and concerning uh, the rapture and and the different views uh, about that. Um, that seems to be a very unbiased, just here's what the main four views are uh, that people hold to the most. Um, also, I know that Rose Publishing uh, it's a it's a it's a Christian publishing company. Rose Publishing also puts out a, a pamphlet um, that I actually have in my library, and it's actually really good. Same thing. It's very unbiased. It's not saying you know this view's right, these are wrong. It's just saying here are the four main views. So those would be if you wanted to educate yourself in order to be able to talk to others about that. This I think that would be a good. Those would be good resources. Uh, but again, I I stand with Pastor Mike. You know, when he says, uh, you know, be careful in listening to what other men have to say, pulling Bible verses out of context and making them say what they want because they want to place the rapture, you know, at, at, in the, in the middle of the tribulation or after the tribulation. Uh, because I'm telling you, when you, when you do study the Bible, I, I do believe that it speaks loud and clear. Um, you know, first Thessalonians, uh, chapter uh, 5, verse 9, and Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Also, First Thessalonians chapter 1, I believe it's verse 10, all talks about how, how God ha- is going to spare the church from his judgment that's coming up on the earth. And uh, and then also in the Old Testament, you see it in type and shadow. You see it uh, when the Lord came and spoke with Abraham and sent the two angels down to rescue Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah before he destroyed it. Uh, that's a that's another picture of the rapture. I mean, Old Testament, New Testament. Now, and, and I think this is interesting too, Mike. I, th- I think this is a real good argument too for the pre-tribulational rapture view is the fact that that's really the only view of the rapture and the only view of the book of Revelation where you can go back to the Old Testament and see types and shadows in the events of the Old Testament that fit a pre-tribulational rapture where God takes people out 
his his people rescues them out before judgment falls and uh you see that that picture in the old testament which you don't see that uh when it comes to the other views so mike yeah and jesus had searched the scriptures in them you think you have eternal life but they are which testify of me now the word revelation it's the, what that book is really called the revelation of jesus christ mm-hmm. it's the unveiling it's who he is and so if we are to read the old testament to know who Jesus Christ is, uh, according to Jesus. And then we have this book. Of course, we're going to be referencing the Old Testament everywhere. And you do. And that's one of the most incredible things about the book of Revelation is it's a summary of the rest of the book. I have found many people do these great, uh, seminars and all this stuff having never read the Bible. If you don't read the, have you haven't read the whole Bible? There's no way you should be teaching on the book of Revelation. You haven't got a clue. You know, the 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 uh, stars that bow down and all the things that happened to, to Jacob, um, uh, or excuse me, Joseph, we find that mentioned there in Revelation. If, if you don't know the rest of the Bible, but they want to do this, and then, then they start pulling, uh, oh, this is the fifth trumpet judgment, and this is the, the bold judgment, and then there's this one. It's just Johnny Popcorn. It, 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 it's all written in order. And if you do your best not to try to interpret it, rather than to just read it, I think you're going to come up with the very best interpretation for it. So, Bill, stay online. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I will send you 101 Last Days Prophecies as well. I think you'll enjoy, okay? All right. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thanks so much for the call. We'll get you fixed up. Let's go to Fred, White Sands, New Mexico. Hi, welcome. Okay, I'm still here. It's it's a little hard to tell because uh, to hear because I, I said I, I am in the gym right now, and uh, I don't have my Bible with me. But uh, doing this from trying to do this from memory, so all the uh, excuse me, I just got through doing some leg presses. The the eschatological references in First Thessalonians all uh, it's pretty clear that it points to a a rapture, the harpazo, the catching away of the church. Um, my question is in Second Thessalonians, the first chapter, and I'm not sure, beginning maybe around verse 10 or 11, um, there are some references that appear to be um, appear to be more descriptive of the Lord's second coming. Uh, in other words, coming with uh, angels, blazing fire. Yeah, that that would be the second coming of Christ. Now, we only got 30 seconds. Scott, your thoughts? Yeah, that's I'm looking at it right now. And the language that Paul uses there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 is speaking of the second coming. And then when you come to chapter 2, he's going to deal with then uh, both the conditions of the world during the rapture and then what's going to happen after that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Mike? So I hope that helps. And again, that letter was written because the Thessalonians thought they had missed the rapture. So Paul is comforting them and saying, no, no, that's not happened. Which is interesting because the early church was looking for the cutaway event. If the second coming of Christ or, or the rapture wasn't speaking of that, then everything would have ended right there and they would have known that. So I believe they were looking for it back then. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of, Fred. We're all out of time, everyone. Scott. 
Thanks so much for being on. God bless you all. Good night. Or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 